This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 29th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. All right, a lot to get into. There's a ton on the agenda today, Jay Book. Let's start with JT Tuimolo Al. He will not sign on signing day this coming Wednesday. What do you make of that? And do you think he will ultimately be a Buckeye? Yeah, it's it's a little, I would say it's probably frustrates some of the Ohio State fans because they were thinking that this this recruiting has been going on for quite a bit of time and the kid was supposed to sign on signing day, but you can't blame them. The NCAA really did a poor service to these kids with shutting down all of these visits and to his right, and he has every obligation to do it. He wants to visit Ohio State. He wants to check out Alabama uh, before he makes a final decision because he's never been to Ohio State. He wants to make sure that he's comfortable with the coaches, comfortable with the, the facilities and the campus life. And he wants his family to also check it out. So it sounds like this has been something that's been brewing for several weeks now. There were hints of it. There wasn't anything definitive that he was actually going to push it back all the way to April but it looks like that's going to be the case. The NCAA is looking to lift the uh, the quiet period where the, the ban from kids visiting campus in April. So that coincides with him looking to make a couple visits. But I, I think with Ohio State, if they can continue to hold their leave, proceed leave uh, heading into April, and if you can get him on campus, I do believe at that time they can go ahead and close the deal here. Obviously, Alabama is going to be a major threat. Whenever Nick Saban is the head recruiter, you're going to have a battle when you're in to the very end. Um, so they have some guys that were previously on the Alabama staff that's headed to Texas that was recruiting him. Nick Saban has has pretty much gotten involved and in taken over as the primary recruiter. And at Ohio State, you have Larry Johnson as a primary, and then Ryan Day also involved there. And then you also have Hartline. So I love Ohio State chances when you have those three guys teaming up for a prospect, but I understand where some frustration would be with guys uh, on the on the message boards and the fans hoping that he was going to be in the bag and sign come February, but that's not the case, so we just have to wait out for a little bit longer. Speaking of big-time defensive prospects from the West Coast in the 2021 class, Rajon Davis, linebacker, Modern day, 
What do you think is going to happen with this? What's what are your vibes here? Seems like the Buckeyes are an underdog, but maybe not as big of an underdog as I thought. Yeah, I thought heading into that visit, it was it was going to be an Ohio State USC battle with USC um, out in front. But after that visit, from everything that his father has said, everything that he has said, it really sounds like Ohio State has significantly closed the gap here. The beat writers who have spoken to him and his family directly have said that uh, Ohio State is a major threat now. I think one of the biggest game changers in all of that is the fact that his father's brother is 15 minutes away from campus. Um, and so he, they were able to see him. And then he also has family in Cleveland. So if they do decide to allow their kid to, to go all the way across the country, he will have a support system that is right there in his backyard. He loved it. If, if anyone had the chance to look at his Instagram during his visit, he was riding around campus, sticking his head out the window, just in awe of the, of the stadium and the campus. And he looked at the camera and says, I love it. And you could just see it in his eyes that the kid was really having a great time. Because it was the dead period, he really wasn't allowed to get into the Hall State facilities and meet face to face with the coaches, but he was able to meet with the, the recruits, the current guys that are coming in that are on campus, spend a lot of time with those guys that he's very familiar with. And I just think that right now, Ohio State is in a very solid position. You, you could have, if, if it, it could have been just a home run if he did, if he had gave, given a verbal there on campus, but he didn't, obviously. And you got to just keep your fingers crossed and keep recruiting him. I know there was some talk about his family saying coming back before signing day again, if that happens, I 100% believe that he will be a Buckeye. If you turn around and have back-to-back cross-country trips uh, like that in such a short period of time, then you have to really feel good about Ohio State chances. I'm I'm not going to hold out hope very much to see if um, that he's going to make that trip, but I, I just think that right now in Ohio State – they're doing everything that they can to get this kid, and I think they really put themselves in position to excel. Let's look at the current team now, Jay Book. So you look at the three quarterbacks for the Buckeyes in 2021, very young group, obviously, very extremely talented group with C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, and Ryan Day was asked exactly a week ago when we met with him on Zoom, he was asked about the quarterbacks. Of course he's not going to tip his hand. I mean, of course he's not going to be like, even if he thought Jack Miller was clearly the head, he was, yeah, Jack Miller's the guy, the rest of the guys not, not, don't really like them. Uh, or if CJ Stroud, whoever it was, he, he wouldn't tip his hand regardless. But as you pointed out, I found it interesting that he did say to the media that right now all three quarterbacks are on equal footing. What do you make of Coach Day's comments and who do you think will be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes this fall? Well, I think it was Coach Speak. Um, he he had to say that. He can't come into when, – when you have three highly rated guys and you're trying to keep all of them on the roster, you can't come out and say one guy is ahead of the other group. I truly, I truly do believe it's going to be uh, a strong quarterback battle, but I think C.J. Stroud right now has the leg up. I believe that he, he has the, all the tools that they're looking for. He's dynamic with the legs. Um, he has a tremendous arm touch on the pass. I, I think that he's going to have a slight uh, edge on those other guys, especially Kyle McCord, who's going to need some time 
to adjust to the college game, adjust to the playbook of a college playbook and all the intricacies because Ohio State's playbook is is not easy to learn. If you ask Justin Fields, it took him quite a bit of time to really get a grasp on it. So I think coming in is great that all three of your quarterbacks are on campus. Hopefully they get a spring football season to really have a true battle. But if you're saying all three guys are on equal plane uh, foot right now, I would definitely say C.J. Stroud has a has a slight edge on those guys. Yeah, he's got a foot up. <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's equal footing. And by the way, if I'm Ryan Day, I would say the exact same thing that he did. I would say that it's equal footing. Why you, he's not lying to these kids behind closed doors. There's no reason with. And I'm a media guy saying this, and I've said this time and time again on the podcast over the years. I'm a media guy saying this. I have no problem with coaches lying to the media about stuff like that. Like, what I mean, it's just detrimental to you if you're going to say, if you're going to tip your hand. I mean, guys are going to transfer. You're going to tip your hand to your opponents. If it's during the season, during the offseason, you're not going to tip your hand to the opponents. But, um, yeah, man, I'm with you. I think CJ's going to be the guy. And I tell you this, Dave, if they have a full spring, I don't think we will even know who the starting quarterback is come spring. I agree. Because, because it, would, it would not behoove them to name someone a starter because what you're essentially doing is you're you're putting the squeeze on one of your quarterbacks that want to transfer. So if you can drag this out as long as possible all the way into fall camp, um, then I think it would it would definitely benefit the program. And they will have a they will have in their mind who they believe the starter will be, but I don't think they would name anyone after spring football. Yeah, I often just try to put my shoes, you know, if I was the coach, what would I do? And I have had, you know, coaches at times when I've asked a question, reach out to them on DM and maybe I'll say, listen, maybe I should have waited on that one. Or, um, you know, I understand you couldn't say much about it. I've had coaches many times over the years tell me like, listen, I know you have a job to do, but you know, we have a job to do too, you know, that type of thing. So um, I get it both ways, you know, and I think that's um, people need to understand that people are like, you know, there's a, mil- there's a million examples. I'll, I'll never forget people freaking out in the Cincinnati media when Thad Mata, quote-unquote, lied to them and he wasn't leaving Xavier. It's like he could admit that he was looking at the Ohio State job in case he didn't get it, and then his recruiting was messed up. But that's one of right. many examples. I will always defend coaches on stuff like that. Now, if you're lying for no reason, if you're just lying to lie or you're being a jerk, that's different. But stuff like what we're talking about, I will always defend coaches on that, even being a media guy. All right. Um, speaking of coaches, Buckeyes have a big hire to make, my man. Who will be well, – maybe not who will be. I'm not going to ask you for a specific name because it's probably going to be, in my opinion, Jay Book, somebody maybe who's not even on our radar, similar to Jeff Halfley. But the Buckeyes have a big vacancy with Greg Madison retiring. Who do you think, Ryan Day, what type of like profile are you looking at as far as who Ryan Day might bring in as co-defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think you, you have to kind of tap into that mold which you found in a Jeff Halfley who was a younger guy, uh, a brilliant defensive mind, innovative. He, he, he's a heck of a motivator, and I think that right now on that defensive side of the football, they need someone who's going to be able to inject um, some X's and O's chops so that they can make sure that they elevate this defense schematically. But most importantly, you have to have a younger, a younger presence on that defense because if you look at it, um, you know, Larry Johnson is up there, Kerry Combs is up there, you know, Matt Barnes is a younger guy, uh, but his role is kind of more of a, an assistant on the back end, a special teams coordinator. So I just think that they have to have someone who's going to be able to 
come in there and really elevate this defense schematically. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, he if he taps into the NFL again and, and finds someone in that role who has familiar with the style of defense that Ohio State prefers to want to run. So I, I'm I'm looking at that, and you have to wish Greg Madison the best there. Um, you know, everyone was you know really eyeing that particular position on the coaching staff as someone who may not be back and may decide to just hang it up and. Uh, it obviously came to fruition. So to me, I, Dave, I'm, I'm just going to go with a younger NFL mind who can really teach technique fundamentals and bring uh, element to the table to where he's going to help Kerry Combs. Because I truly believe what Kerry Combs has on his plate right now is too much. Uh, being the defensive coordinator itself is a is a major, major challenge because you, at the end of the day, you're in charge of that entire side of the football. But with Kerry, which is very unusual, he's in charge of the entire secondary on top of that. And you throw in the play calling duties. So I just think they need some more help on the back end. I, I truly believe that I understand Kerry wants to be involved with the corners. That's his specialty. But I, I believe that they need to have someone that's going to be able to help those guys on that side of the football when it comes to teaching, because I felt like the past defense, one of the things not so much schematically is the fundamentals were lacking this year and just basic things. And we've went over it several times. Those things right there should be nipped in the butt from a coach right away. And the fact that it wasn't tells me that Kerry Combs was a little spread too thin, spread too uh, thin there. One staple of the Ryan Day era so far, it's a short era, two years, winning the Big Ten Championship, making it to the college football playoff, and knocking it out of the park in the transfer portal. You know, Justin Fields, that was a pretty good one, right, JB? And they also got Jonah Jackson, who was a third-round pick and then starts every game as a rookie for the Lions. That's going to be one we look up in a few years. It's, he's going to be like the next Corey Lindsley that's probably making a ton of money in the NFL. Lindsley was a fifth-round pick. Jonah was a third-round pick and uh, you know starts every game as a rookie just like Lindsley did. And then, of course, Trey Sermon, who uh, was looking like uh, Ezekiel Elliott there until he got hurt, of course, first play of the game against Alabama. So, again, similar to the Madison question, I'm not asking for a specific name unless you, you've heard one, but um, – I would bet anything they're going to add at least one guy from the portal. They're going to probably lose some guys too. What positions do you think they're looking at? You think they're looking at corner? And, and if you have heard any names, who might they be? Yeah, the, the main position that everyone's been hearing about is linebacker. And you would have thought that they would have been looking at cornerback, especially when a lot of people believe that the depth was seriously lacking on the back end there. So just the fact that they are looking at linebackers from what, you know, what their, their scuttlebug is tells me that either one, uh, they they feel like they need to get another veteran presence, someone who has played a lot of football at the linebacker position after you lost four guys already uh, going to the trying their, trying their luck in the NFL, or two, you believe that you may have someone who could be eyeing to leave the program. Either way, I, I agree with you. I think that they're going to at least bring in one more guy. They have to be careful, though, because at that linebacker position and at that defensive back position, you have a lot of younger guys who have been in the program for quite a bit of time that have waited 
several years to really play a significant role. And, and we've talked about it before. I can't remember a time where the linebacker position was so pigeonholed. You, you really don't see guys at a position at Ohio State that are there for five years, let alone six years with Justin Hillier you know, coming back and getting uh, NCAA clearance. So a lot of those guys at that position four or five years in the program is just something that you typically don't see at Ohio State because if you're a starter at Ohio State and you're performing at a high level, chances are you're leaving early to go to the NFL. So if you look at that next wave of linebackers who, who are very talented, they were all highly ranked guys, they haven't played a major role in this defense. So they view it as their time is now. And if you bring in a transfer, it could upset some of those young, some of those younger guys or the next wave guys. But we'll see. I do believe uh, that Ohio State, they have to feel that something's happening internally because if you if you're to believe Ryan Day's comments after signing day where he said they only have one spot left, if that's true and you're still going after Rayshon Davis and JT, then where's that other spot coming from? That means to tell me that they believe that they're calculating that at least one or two more guys will enter the transfer, pro the transfer portal from Ohio State. Great insights and opinions, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all of the listeners for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Have a great weekend, Bucknutters. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.